and welcome to week three. And we are sitting here with the one, the only, the return to the saddle here in the podcast, Brett Colson. Brett, happy to have you back as we run down the power rankings here for week three. We call it a debate, but I don't know if there's a lot to debate this week. I think you and I are pretty simpatico on the risers and the fallers overall here in week three. But uh, how have the first two weeks of the NFL treated you so far? Yeah, well, first of all, it's it's great to be back in the hot seat. As much as I love building out our sites and being involved in the top level stuff, I do miss the podcast and the banter with you and Steven and Brad. Um, so I'm happy to fill in for our guy Steven here uh, this morning. Uh, the first two weeks have been pretty good. I've, I'm hitting about 60% so far, so I, mean, I can't really be mad about that. The, the Atlantic Falcons are absolutely destroying me, though. And I, I think I, I'm at a point now where I just had to keep martingaling the Falcons because their their stock just continues to drop. And I'm like, they can't be this bad, right? They, they can't be this bad. They should have covered this past week. I know. I know. And I, so listen, when I saw the three and a half pop this past week, it, it's, it's gone now. <laughs> it's gone now. But when the three and a half, I was like, are the Giants really three and a half point favorites over anybody? Like, how how can I possibly pass this up? But apparently everyone decided they couldn't pass it up. And so they took that as well. Guys, uh, last week, run down the uh, we'll run down the the entire list here and then we'll come back to the big movers and shakers. Bucks at one, Chiefs at two, Rams at three, Bills at four. Browns at five, Ravens six, 49ers seven, Seahawks eight, Cardinals nine, Cowboys 10. That'll be your top 10 in our power rankings this week. Coming in at 11, the Packers, Raiders 12, Chargers 13, Titans 14, Saints 15, Broncos 16, Patriots 17, Panthers 18, Steelers 19, and rounding out the top 20 are the Minnesota Vikings. Your bottom 12 here are the Eagles at 21, Washington football team at 22, Colts 23, Dolphins 24, Bears 25, Bengals 26, Giants 27, Falcons that we were just talking about at 28, the Detroit Lions at 29, Jets, Texans, Jags take us home at 30, 31, and 32. But Brett, let's start at the very top here. And we did have a flip-flop at the very top. It's the Bucks one now, Chiefs number two. I made this move in my rankings. I don't know if you did, but listen, we always say we have to take into account what these two teams would look like if it was uh, spread was being formed on a neutral field. And I truly believe right now, Bucks versus Chiefs on a neutral field, if this was taking place in Dallas at Cowboys Stadium, I believe the Bucs are going to be favored of the Chiefs, and so I had to make the move because that's the rules that we've laid down. It is. What would you cap the game at? I think at this point, probably two and a half, and I'm being dead serious with what wow. we've seen so far from this Chiefs defense. That's interesting. I would ca- I'd would probably cap it a pick. I, I had a really hard time with this one, putting the Chiefs or Bucks at number one. Like I know the Bucs were unanimous number one by our staff this week, and I totally get it, being that the Chiefs mm-hmm. lost. But I almost left the Chiefs at number one, and this is... This is the tricky part about these power rankings. We go into this trying to put together a weekly snapshot, evalu- evaluating every team for this coming week. How would we handicap these teams in the betting market, uh, looking at how teams match up? But not all matchups are created equal. And, and I think what we've seen to this point through two weeks is the Chiefs struggling in two games with teams who are constructed just to beat the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Like run the football, keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. 
the Chiefs built the blueprint to win football games in the modern era where passing offense is everything. And now you've got two teams here in the Chiefs and the Browns who have countered by building teams to match up well against the Chiefs. So I'm trying not to bake the two the two uh the two games the Chiefs have struggled in early too much into this so far when you look at the league as a whole to me I think the Chiefs still remain the best team overall if you're capping them against all 32 teams and I think we'll start to see that as the schedule thins out for them but it's very close I I know one person on our staff dropped the Chiefs to number three behind the Rams mm. and I definitely can't get there yet no I still I, no. I still see the Chiefs and Bucks as the top two teams in the NFL and I, right now I think it's it's extremely close yeah, I, I'll admit there probably was a little bit of cheating going on on my end because our number three team in the Rams, we actually have that case study this week, right? So the Bucks are on the road at the Rams. This thing's gotten up to two and a half at MGM now in favor of the Bucks. So this has flipped completely where it came out as Rams. Uh, I, one book as high as two in yeah. favor of the Rams. This thing is completely flipped all the way to two and a half at MGM in favor of the Bucks. And so obviously this is a road thing if we're talking about if this were a home field advantage type situation we're looking at bucks somewhere in the four four and a half range being favored in this game over the rams and so i kind of you know i kind of just reverse engineered i was like okay well if the bucks are four and a half point favorites over the rams on a neutral uh on on a on a home field so then on a neutral we're probably looking at let's call it three then i'm thinking they're two point and a half two probably over the chiefs i i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm mistaken yeah, I'm not. I'm not there yet. I. I still. I. I would still probably bet the Chiefs uh, over the Bucks, even at a pick at this point. It's just. It's just. It's very close to me. But it, a lot has changed, really, for both. For not, nothing's changed for the Bucks since last year. But I think a lot has changed for the Chiefs, and that you know they they beefed up the offensive line. I, I would love to see these two teams play when the Chiefs actually have the ability to protect Mahomes because he had no chance in that game last year. Our top five teams, uh, Rams at three, Bills at four, Browns at five. I think that will probably end up ping-ponging throughout the course of the season, but I think all of those teams are likely to to hold those positions for uh, the course of the season unless really they just fall off here because I do believe that upper tier of teams is, is better than everybody else. I think the interesting spot here between six and ten with the Ravens, 49ers, Seahawks, Cardinals, and Cowboys. Um, listen, with what we've seen so far, Brett, it would not surprise me if all of these teams kind of juggle and toggle throughout the course of the season all of these teams have things going for them and all these teams have massive massive flaws we're looking at a Ravens team that can run on anybody but still Lamar Jackson continues to find himself inaccurate in the passing game and their defense is a liability the 49ers already having health concerns as we saw this team fall apart at the beginning of last year the Seahawks team again can move the ball on offense still has defensive concerns the Cardinals we don't know if they have defensive concerns yet or not it seems as if maybe they might have figured a couple of things out here, but, uh, you know, that is still up in the air. And then the Cowboys, we know for sure, can score on anybody, but also give it up as well. So that top t- the the six to ten, I think, is a bunch of teams that are really good, but super vulnerable. Yeah, definitely. How did the Packers not land in the top ten here? Where did they land? Eleven? Eleven. That's that's interesting. I think the the overreaction to week one might be trickling into week two with that one. Because, uh, I mean, look, they struggled a little bit in the first half against the Lions. But I think we saw what I think we saw the Packers 
the Aaron Rodgers Packers in the second half of that Monday night football game. I think the, I think the Packers are going to be fine. And they're right in the mix there with those teams we just talked about. Yeah. And I think that they fit perfectly with that whole narrative of that six to 10. I could yep. really just say six to 11 where another team, powerful offense defense right now, we're really trying to figure out what they're all about, but let's talk to the biggest uh, mover of the week. And that is number 12, where we have the Raiders up nine spots up to number 12. Um, overreaction or not an overreaction in your opinion way way overreaction i cannot get behind this mostly because i think the steelers are an atrocious football team that didn't have their best player on the field in the second half of that game against the raiders which allowed Derek carr and vegas that offense time to, to get some splash plays downfield as soon as tj watt left that game the steelers were game. toast yeah because they have yeah. no way of they have no way of countering on the offensive offensive side of the ball. So baking that in along with the kind of a fluky Monday night win at home against the Ravens, I think this is way too high for Vegas. I have them at 17 behind the Saints, behind the Titans, Chargers, Broncos. I don't I think the Raiders are a very middling team. They're 2 and 0, great, but this is a time to sell. Yeah, I um I moved them up significantly, but again, it was because I did the exercise of, you know, favored against a team on a neutral field and I honestly believe right now as we sit they're probably going to be favored over the Saints and probably over the Titans if not a pick them type game with with this with those teams the Chargers I think that's probably a coin toss Chargers could be I think I have the Chargers ahead of the Raiders and in mine and all that so you know just kind of as we sit right now but another another you know wrinkle in all this Derek Carr questionable this week is he actually hurt with that ankle injury that could certainly affect how we view this team moving forward as well. I also believe it's a little bit of an overreaction, but also these teams behind them. This is actually a I'll I'll, I'll round it out with one of a couple of questions for you a little bit later. But I think a couple of these teams behind them all have some big warts, including the team that was our biggest faller, uh, actually tied for the biggest faller of the week. Saints down six to 15. This one I do not think is an overreaction. This one I completely agree with. I was so incredibly bearish on the Saints team entering the season. I believe they have showed exactly why I was bearish on them entering the season. Now, I understand they've been through hell so far. They haven't been home. They haven't had a home game yet. They've been living out of hotels over in Dallas. That being said, Jameis had a Jameis game last week, and that was one of the reasons why I was very bearish on this team. I don't think that the Tiger can just change his stripes out of nowhere. And while he was efficient, Brett in week one he didn't really do anything to show you that he was a different quarterback and then we saw the traditional Jameis plays there in week two I'm pretty bearish on the Saints team it wouldn't surprise me if they end up in the 20s before it's all said and done wow I I, with how good their defense is and how well coached they are I have a hard time seeing them fall that far but with Jameis you never know this is the hardest team for me to cap right now I think Mm -hmm. we didn't really get to see this offense in week one against the Packers because the defense basically just handed them an easy win. They clamped down on Aaron Rodgers and it was just over quickly. And this past week, yeah, when they actually had to move the football down the field to stay in the game, they struggled doing so. And a lot of that has to do with the lack of weapons for Jameis and just Jameis being Jameis. That said, I I still do have them higher than this in my rankings this week just because they are phenomenal defensively and have Mm. one of the best play callers in the nfl running this offense sean payton can scheme yards with the best of them he did it last year with Taysom hill they were winning football games over the past few years with Taysom hill and teddy bridgewater so 
I, I think we'll see this offense look a little better every week as Jameis feels a little bit more comfortable with these pass catchers. At what point, though, do they go with Taysom at quarterback? I mean, I just I feel like they, he gives them a better chance because he's not losing games, yeah. losing games for them. I think a couple of more a couple of more like we've seen here and, and Peyton's going to have to make the move. I, I truly truly believe that especially when you look at a team that was a pretty big riser in our rankings here coming in at 18 that's in the same division as him as the Carolina Panthers up four spots to 18 here Brett and here's the thing the underlying advanced metrics here don't say that this has been a smoke and mirrors type situation with the Panthers I understand the level of competition that they have played so far but Sam Darnold grading out very, very high according to pro football rankings. The overall DVOA, and granted, it's short, it's short, very small sample size. The Panthers are the number one team in the NFL DVOA over the course of the first two weeks of the season. If you look at uh, if you look at all the other advanced metrics that you can find all across the internet, which by the way, we will reference moving forward with uh, in all of our content. We certainly going to start talking about that stuff more heavily here. The Panthers are actually grading out here and they're actually not doesn't doesn't look like this team again is all smoke and mirrors here. And so here we find them at 18 up four spots. And I got to be honest, um, they're going to win this week for sure because they get the Texans here on Thursday, Thursday night football. So uh, they might be even higher next week. Yeah, they get the Texans with Davis Mills making his first <laughs> start. Yeah, Carolina has been impressive, and they remind me a lot of the Chiefs just without Patrick Mahomes. They, mm. they can rush the quarterback with Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns. Brian Burns is awesome. I mean, he's just so fun to watch getting after the quarterback. And yeah, they have all the weapons on offense too. This is uh, I I have them lower than most. I I still I, I don't know. I need to see it a little more. With, with Darnold, but this is a team that could be in the top 10 by the time the season is over. I love the way Matt Rule just, I love the way he does everything. The in-game decision-making, the play calling, this is a team on the rise, and I probably have them lower than I should. The uh, tied for the biggest faller of the week, Pittsburgh Steelers at 19. They are down six spots here. You and I both have them at 20. Um, they sh- they would be further down here, Brett, and would have fallen even further. We have two guys on the staff that still have them at 12. Um, can't get there uh, with that at all. I am with you. I think this team is absolutely atrocious. They are outside of a couple of outside of a front four that can get a bunch of pressure on you and whatever. They are devoid, really of anything that I'm looking for in today's NFL. Ben Roethlisberger is completely washed. We were wondering if there was going to be this offseason where he find, where he you know got back to health. That is not the case. He is completely horrible. Outside of Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, who, by the way, Brett, I don't know if you know or not, are, are rookies and have only made two starts in the NFL. The lowest-graded quarterback outside of those two guys for the first two weeks is Ben Roethlisberger. So, yeah, he's down there with, with Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson as far as quarterback grades for the first couple of weeks. Um, I think this team is – I said it all offseason long. They were in for big regression. I think this team is in for a super big regression. The only thing is, is kind of like you mentioned with the Saints, the defense is going to be just good enough to where they're never really getting blown out in games. The defense is going to be fine as long as Watt is on the field. If he's yeah. not, they are they have leaks. He does so much for them in, in creating havoc in in the uh, in the backfield with a quarterback. So, yeah, this team is a is a disaster. And it, there were reports this week that Big Ben was struggling with a, a pectoral injury. And I was like, oh, nice. Maybe that actually helps them out. But then you look at their quarterback depth chart. 
It's Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph. How? We've been talking about this for years. Yeah. How have they not done anything in that quarterback room? They, they have given up on if Ben doesn't play, apparently, because, again, we, we were saying there's there's enough talent to where you can be at least competitive if Ben does, isn't playing, if you could actually get somebody in there with a pulse. But, yeah, if they have to go to one of these backup guys, uh, you know, look, trust me, I'll probably be on Cincinnati this week. Oh, if I'm on. I'm on. If, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's just there's no no way around it for me. I think this team is is not good, and especially with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. Like I I think that their ceiling is so incredibly capped, and I think we'll find them here in these in the low teens basically all year long if that's the way that they're going to run this. I completely mistaken as far as the biggest faller because the biggest faller of the week in at number twenty four, the Miami Dolphins all the way down to twenty. For Brett, the Dolphins, uh, Tua goes out with a rib injury. They have to go to Jacoby Brissett. It looks as if it might be Jacoby Brissett again this week. This uh, Dolphins team, at least through the first couple of weeks, has certainly not done anything to instill a bunch of confidence in you. That said, they do get Will Fuller back this week. He was dealing with a personal issue. He's back for this team. He's a field stretcher, which then will allow some of these other guys to work underneath, should open up some lanes for Tua and or Brissett, whoever ends up being the quarterback here. I imagine when it's all said and done, the Dolphins are going to end up much higher than this. Yeah, I, I don't think they're very good anyway, and especially now. I mean, Tua being out is baked into our rankings, I think, this week. I don't yeah. think any of, us, any of us would have them this low if Tua was playing, but this is very much a middling team that will feast on bad quarterbacks and bad offenses with that defensive scheme, much like they did last year, but they will struggle against quarterbacks mm-hmm. who have success against the Blitz and, and offensive coordinators who can put their, their offense in a position to, to do that as well. There's... There's just not a whole lot to get excited about here with Miami. No. I it's, had an them in- op- it's an opportunistic defense that really relies on turnovers, but they they're they're not. It's not like it's a good defense that can like stop you and shut you down. It's it's it, it was last year if you remember they had like more defensive touchdowns in like those first eight weeks or something than, like than we've ever seen or so like there there was a lot of, of variance last year with this defense and I think outside of just you know look two really good corners but outside of that not a ton of playmakers yeah their defensive metrics last year were misleading because they relied on blitzing to get to the quarterback that's where they had so much success they can't they can't do what the Steelers can do and just send four and get pressure that way and just sit back with their with their cornerbacks and you know their secondary and their linebackers they can't do that so it's just a very different situation so yeah against bad teams I think they'll be fine and against good teams they're going to struggle as we saw last week against Buffalo they just had no chance uh, let's get out of here, but I want to ask you about one team that it is exactly where you have them ranked. I have them much higher. I'm curious as to your thoughts. Dead on at number 16, where you have them ranked is the Denver Broncos. I have them at 12. I think this team, from a defensive perspective and then an offensive perspective, from what we've seen from Teddy Bridgewater so far, who, by the way, I don't know if you know or not, apparently has decided he's just going to change the way he plays football and is one of the league leaders in air yards and average depth of target and the whole nine yards with with, with check down Teddy here. Um, Broncos at 16. I think that if I start to really be honest with myself, I think the Broncos are probably favored over this version of the Saints on a neutral, probably over the Titans. Titans, a small favorite. We're going to find out about the Chargers, obviously, because they they play the Chargers a couple of times, same division. And th- so, I don't know, man. Sixteen for this Broncos team. What do you think? 
this is probably just bias against Teddy, but it's but it's not bias against this Teddy. I'm probably mm-hmm. I'm still looking at Teddy from the Saints where he just threw five yeah. yard passes. Every, but he's opening it up. So maybe this offense will be legit. Cortland Sutton looks great. Um, they you know they lost Jerry Judy. Once he gets back into the into the into the roster, I think this offense will be fine. I coaching comes into play here. I'm not a big mm-hmm. Fangio guy. Just right, it's just no so same. defense. Yeah, and that that is definitely played into this this ranking a little bit. And they just beat the Jaguars, so mm-hmm. I want to see them beat a good team before I, I give them some some credit here. Guys, head over to lines.com. You can see our full power rankings, a little blurb on each team. We also let you know up and down how far they moved, the biggest movers from each week. We're going to be updating these weekly as the season goes on. It's going to be even more interesting as we get further into the season where we have bigger sample sizes here and people really take a stand on who they think is good and who they think is not. Right now, a little bit reactive as to what's going on. And I think we will have to be for the first few weeks here, Brett. But, you know, once we get a month, month and a half into the season, we are at least going to start to understand who these teams are, where they fall in the pecking order. And I think these will become a little bit more debates than it is just kind of teams settling in. Yeah, I look forward to a few weeks down the road because we can actually dive into data that matters, mm-hmm. the underlying metrics that really tell the story beyond the box scores and the and the team records and that kind of stuff. So I, I love this stuff. I mean, I, I use these power rankings a lot, just looking at how teams have moved week to week, because that's that's a lot of what our capping mm-hmm. is, right? Overreaction, what what did last week really tell us? And it does it matter versus a larger sample that we've seen from you know, earlier in the season and going back to even last year? So uh, I love this. Uh, I'm happy we're doing this podcast. And uh, thanks for having me out today, man. Yeah, we're going to get you back on the uh, on the Megapod here a couple times this year as well. And we're going to run down, hopefully make everybody some money. Head over to thelines.com. Be sure and take in all the great work Brett and his team are doing over there. And of course, over on the YouTube channel, there's a big button on the homepage of thelines.com. It'll take you to our YouTube channel. Go ahead and subscribe over there as well. Everything we do on all of our sites is absolutely 100% positively free. So take advantage of all of that while you're at it. For Brett, I'm Matt. Talk to you guys next week. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem. Call one 800 5 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. 